Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ding, ding. My solution is real simple. It's cut back on preseason games, have one at each team's home and uh, play a couple of them, and then you need to add two games to the regular season, which I've been a proponent of for several years. And uh, that's a better uh, that's a better uh, equity or a better uh, way of players uh, using what they bring to the table, uh, their talents, their skills, their, their professional time in pro sports. Uh, that'll give them a bigger payday. Uh, that's fair and the other thing it does is certainly give our fans what uh, we all think they deserve and that is a competitive game and more money in your pocket Uh, right jerry yeah jerry jones (laughs) the guy who owns the cowboys uh the the show just to set things up very quickly here mackie and judd manny hill in for all four hours today uh will be joined by a wolves assistant gm or gm i'm sorry scott Layden very shortly here a wild assistant GM, uh, Tommy Curvers, at 1130. Uh, Manny Hill, back to what Jerry Jones just said. Because we often start this show with a local topic. But, my God, we've been talking now about, for a long time, and it's getting progressively worse, the fact that four preseason games is ridiculous. They yeah, don't, they don't need many. it. They're not playing guys. They quit playing guys. Yeah. It's a ripoff. But instead of, be, but instead of using the common sense, we have the perfect regular season at 16 games. And you know what we need to do? We need uh, we need to figure out a way because we make billions of dollars to accept the fact that we're going to eliminate two preseason games. Jerry Jones back with the 18 game proposal, and here's what I love about it. All right, so you're prepared to call penalties on everyone and their brother who might lower their helmet, and you move slightly, and I accidentally hit you in the wrong way, mm-hmm. and it's a 15 yard penalty. Because eventually I might get CTE and sue your butt and get real rich, and you don't like that because you're the National Football League and you're greedy. But Jerry, again, being greedy, wants to add two games <laughs> that are going to be higher-impact games that are going to cause more problems, that are going to cause more long-term CTE issues. I love this league. It's a fun sport. They can't help themselves. No, they can't. They and cannot explain. help themselves. It's Why? Even when they, even Why is when the they try, Even when they want to try yes. to sound like, oh, we're doing something to benefit. The, like you, you heard it there in the soundbite from Jerry. Oh, you know, give the, give the players opportunities to, for their skills to shine even more. And, you know, because they're going to play two more regular season games. It's Jerry, come on. It's just. That's such crap. I just don't understand why they can't. And, and even if you know what, behind closed doors, I get it. They're greedy sobs. They can mm. never. They can never make enough. They're making billions. They cannot they help want, themselves. They want billions upon billions. 
I even sort of get that. But, and Jerry, yeah, he's got the weekly radio hit, and he always, for the most part, goes on and says something either inflammatory or ill-advised. <laughs> but with this one, if you were Goodell, wouldn't you have told these clowns a couple years ago, the 18-game season is our goal eventually, and someday we might do it. But it's not going to be now. And don't ever bring it up again. I just love the fact that he, that Jerry's saying, well, guys are getting hurt in the preseason, so why don't we just make those regular season games? And, oh, by the way, if you look at what coaches are doing now, Manny, in the exhibition season, they're not playing guys. Yeah. And, and one of the proposals I saw yesterday of if they go to an 18-game season would be to allow players to play in no more than 16 games. What? I don't, No, I know. It's ridiculous. It's what? absolutely ridiculous. But here, but here's here's their they, they are oh, gosh, pun intended. Here's their bottom line: we, and not just the fa- not just the fans who go, but the media, the fans who go, the people, everyone buys jerseys, are suckers, yeah. and they're going to keep preying on us and the players until we finally say, you know, I think we've had enough here. I think I think you know. As I said, somebody get together, file a class action suit. You have Viking season tickets. Sue the Vikings for fraud because for two preseason games, you're getting a fraudulent product. Mm-hmm. Do something. But until we do something, we're going to continue to have this of saying, well, you know what? Fans will buy this crap, so we'll do it. Yeah, they can just say they can just say whatever they want, and they know that people will because it's still America's favorite sport, and people – Look at all of the negative PR that the NFL has had with players getting in trouble for things and controversy and all of the you know rule changes and all this stuff that's driving everybody crazy over the last five or six years. Yet it's still it it really has not changed much of anything as far as how popular the sport is and how much people love this sport. I mean, it, people are still going to show up, and these owners they know this. Of course they, they know do. it. Of course they do. But if they if they perceive us and rightfully so. To be as big a suckers as we are, I don't understand why they don't say things like, let's just downplay it. Let's not publicly broach right. this, though. Like, as we're talking, as we're talking about how four preseason games has become too much, it is. Mm-hmm. As we're talking about the fact that more and more coaches, especially young ones, are saying, I'm just not going to play my guys. Let's not then shift to, <laughs> you know what they'd buy now, in 18-game season. The uh, <laughs> but, but, but the other suckers in this whole thing. And I'm telling you, I don't want football to stop. But if we don't have a strike lockout something in a couple years when, when the CBA is up, my sympathy for the players is gone. Yeah, I get that a lot of these guys need the checks. And I understand that there are um, probably percentage-wise – the list of guys who are just filthy rich is not that big. And it's tough because there's so many players yes, in the league. Yeah. But, no, but nonetheless, all of them have to realize how badly they're being pushed around. Yeah. Look at how the NBA is treated. Look at how baseball. Baseball's run that show. And, and baseball, I think, is about to go back to a point of becoming more acrimonious when the CBA in that sport comes up. If NFL players don't say we have to do something... You, they're be, they're completely being used now, if and you, at every turn. If you're Demoris Smith and you just heard what Jerry Jones said, what are you thinking right now? I think I'm thinking we have to go out. I'm thinking we have to strike. I'm thinking that we have to. We they the last CBA negotiation. Do you know what the big concession was? The big concession was what they got, what they walked away from the table with, 
was basically what's turned into the much easier off-season workouts. Now, they're not less lengthy. They're just, there's rules, and more importantly, rules in training camp, where you can't hit as much, Mm -hmm. where you can't have padded practices as much, where you can't have essentially two-a-day practices. And these are rules that they don't have in college yet, right? Is it it not that extensive in college I don't think it's that extensive. I think they do have rules. I don't think it's that extensive. But the point being is the players walked away from the last uh, CBA negotiations with these concessions and thought, this is great. And meanwhile, they were just being absolutely used. And yep. and they don't – the league now has come back and said so, – so the league on the anthem policy in the spring came out and said, you can either stay in the tunnel, you can stay in the locker room if you were going to kneel and or sit. But if you come out and demonstrate – Essentially, what they said is the teams can get in trouble and then pass that trouble on to the players who demonstrated. And suspend the guys. And, and, then, and, so, and so Trump loved that, but of course, it wasn't good enough for Trump. And then the players came back and said, whoa, 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 we, didn't, we never were talked to about this. Mm-hmm. So now the league, the league and the PA are is, issuing these nebulous statements about, we met yesterday and had more productive anthem talks, but we're not going to tell you a thing. And the players <laughs> think to themselves, this is great. We're getting, you're not getting anything. You are getting nothing. This is a billion-dollar business of which you are providing the content. You are providing the talent. And by the way, in 2020 or so, you can't go get replacement players. It's right. not In 1987, you could sell that crap to TV and say, it's still the Vikings and Redskins, but you know what? You can't do that now. You can't replace the quarterbacks. There's far too many good players. The TV people, I think, would say take a hike. So the players do have some power here. Mm-hmm. They have to use it. Well, and I I still go back to the to the Royce theory on this whole thing. Like, all this stuff comes up, and the, and the league makes a huge deal about all this stuff to get the players' attention away from what they really should be concerned about, which is getting fully guaranteed contracts. Yes. You know, because that's why all of this stuff continues to come up, because that's, at the end of the day, that's really what the players want more than anything. But any little thing that can take their attention away from that, from what their main goal should be, you know, the league is going to take advantage of that every single time. This is another example of that. and, And fully guaranteed contracts would not be that difficult because they would be short-term. Yep. They'd be three years or, or so. The the folly of the National Football League contract for years has been, and and the poster child contract for this is the Culpepper. I think it was a 10-year, $100 million contract. Mm-hmm. And everyone said, this is, whoa, $100 million. It was worth about two cents. Yep. Culpepper by 2005. Because Dante didn't have his – he was basically he his own his, agent. Right? Well, he had – was it Dante DiTropio? He did He did have an agent, and then he fired him. Okay. But anyway, the point was by 2005, the reason why Dante held a Wildcat walkout on a Saturday was because he had no guaranteed cash left. So the reality of guaranteed contracts in this league would be short-term guaranteed deals. I just think these – Owners are so greedy that they look at everything they possibly can and they say, how can we abuse the fans mm-hmm. and the players? And the fans and players are very much alike because, to your point, guess what? We don't go away. Now, they'll say, they'll come back with ratings dropped, but Manny, 
Ratings, ratings across the board <laughs> are dropping. Yeah. Cry me a river, NFL. Well, right. And, Cry me a river. And they're dropping because of the fact that if you look, how people consume games has totally changed. Right. That's why the ratings. Like they're saying, compared to compared to 1997, look at this, or compared to 2003, the way that people, especially young fans, of which there are a lot for the sport, consume the game has totally changed. And last time I checked, Nielsen doesn't attach boxes to like, let's say, computers. Right. So, so that whole thing is absolute folly. Everything about it. But until somebody does something, but the eighteen, the other problem too is this. As far as I'm concerned, and don't don't know if you agree with this or not, but as far as I'm concerned, the 16 game schedule in football is perfect. Is the perfect schedule? It's perfect. Baseball, I've determined, is too long now. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see it shortened. I can tell you for sure, as a hockey guy, hockey and basketball both are yes, way too long. I agree. 100% you could agree. You could cut hockey now that this would never happen, but you could cut that to about 50 games mm-hmm. in the regular season. Um, football, the NFL has the perfect schedule. I don't think it needs to go down to 14 as it was in the 70s and i sure as hell don't think it needs to go to 18 and and you know that there's there's no way that the league is going to let two is going to eliminate two preseason games and still keep it at a 16 game schedule it's just like not even for them for them it's just not even an option i told you not even an option and and they know that and unfortunately the players know that and it's if this happens, if the preseason gets shortened, it, it's basically gonna, basically going to come down to the lesser of two evils. If you're a player, which one you know, because you don't want to go to 18 games if but you're a player. This is what you have to. This but, is this but, is why you go out. Yeah, like this is why yeah. you say no. We can't do this. Yeah, we're not going to 18 games. I told you the Mackey and Judd plan: spring NFL league, two preseason games for guys at the bottom of the roster vying for roster spots. Yeah. And then you sell that to Do TV, a summer league and or you get a spring some, league, or yeah, and you get and but yeah, all of these things are why the NFL players, when the next CBA is up, have to give very strong thought to saying we got to strike, we got to get concessions here, we gotta, yeah, because because I love Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones's logic is well, guys are getting hurt in the preseason, and that's become an epidemic or a problem, if not. An epidemic. So what we're going to do is we're going to have two extra regular season games. But what he's not acknowledging at all is if you do that, then more regular players are going to play in those games. And CTE is not necessarily a one-time thing, right? It's accrued hits. Mm-hmm. So like you add two games, that's more accrued hits. But to Jerry, that that logic, that's that's not exactly that doesn't fit the storyline that Jerry would like. Yeah, it, it's just this whole thing is, you know, and and of course of course it's Jerry Jones who's you know, essentially kind of the mouthpiece for every owner in the league. And, I mean, I, I just – this whole thing, I, I don't I, – I just don't understand it. I Like, I, I understand it, but I just don't get it. I don't get, like, how how you can be this greedy. You have money. You're making money. Checks are rolling in off the charts. You can never have enough. And just you, – you can't stand just giving up a little. You just can't give in just a little bit. These owners are just – it's its unbelievable. It's a power trip, right? Yes. It, it's a yes. complete It's a complete power play. But, you know, I think what it is is they're on the top of the mountain, and they look down at the players, and they look down at people like us and their fan base. And I'm telling you, Manny, I think they say, these suckers, they'll do anything for yeah. us. They'll do it. We can sell them. All we got to do is strong arm them a little bit. We can sell them anything. 
Yep. The fact that you are the fact that you can sell two preseason games as part of a season t- ticket package, and if you're a Tennessee Titan fan and you have season tickets to that team, you're going to go to a game tomorrow night in which no starter is going to play, and no starter has played for the most part in a pre-se- fourth preseason game in how long, and you're going to pay full price. You're not going to pay <laughs> half price. You're not going to get free tickets. You are going to pay if that's on your package, season ticket package. You're going to pay full price. And I look at Demore suckers. And I look at Demore Smith again. At like, dude, come on, well, you you got it. You got to have these guys backs. I got ben, big time. I know. I got to tell you, Manny. I think if you are going to rectify this problem fully, D's probably got to go. Yeah. And you go out now. Now the scary thing about baseball that I will tell you, and why I think baseball is headed for their first. Uh, labor issue in a long long time is mlb's player association just poached a guy from the national hockey league and now you're laughing and saying oh yeah who cares hockey a donald fair guy because he's been Mm. in charge of the nhlpa now for several years and so they basically went and got one of his guys and his guys love confrontation and they love to strike and they love to butt heads yeah and so but i think if you're football that's the move I think the, I think do. the move is you got to go out and get a you got to get somebody who goes in there shuts the door with Goodell and those guys and says we are here to play hardball and we're going to get stuff and you're from not going to you. walk all over and us. you're not going to do that and we're going to get more money we're going to get more concessions and we are getting it in writing that we are not going to 18 games if, for the next 20 years or something like that all right let's uh, take a break at the state fair the show is uh Mackie and Judd Manny Hill in for Phil uh, for the entire show today. Scott Layden, a Wolves GM, will join us at the bottom of the hour. But uh, let's come back and talk about a uh, about Byron Buxton. There's been some uh, there's been some speculation, and the Twins have not really said if he is going to be uh, called up when rosters expand on Saturday. That makes no sense. And Buxton right now is making a bid to very much prove he belongs back here. Mackie and Judd with Manny in a for Phil today. The Great Minnesota Get Together. On 1500 ESPN. Drill to center. Buxton back, turning around one way or the other. Oh, what a catch! What a catch by Byron Buxton in center! Oh, my goodness. All right, back at the uh, State Fair, the TCL Broadcast Studios out here. on the uh, on the deck of the 1500 ESPN, um, what would you call this? Shed uh, the porch, the porch, the porch here. Yeah. And if you want to, if you are coming out today, it is uh, it is not warm yet, but it's not freezing cold and as windy as it was yesterday. We are located right by the grandstand, so I'm still chilly. I can't decide. It was too warm on on Monday. Yeah. Like, I don't like that. And it wasn't even that hot. It was just so damn humid that yes. you just felt you were just sweating everywhere. By Tuesday, I was, but by yesterday, about 11.30, I was shivering. I didn't like that. Yeah. And so but now, you love your hoodies, though. So I do. I do. Your I do. You know what I judge it by? Are my legs cold? Yeah. Because I like to wear the shorts. Yeah, yeah. And if my legs are, if my legs are cold, I'm like, it's too cold. And my <laughs> legs right now are, are chilly. Yesterday, they were just cold. <laughs> so I just want, and I this is a lot to ask in this state, I just want a happy medium. Like right yeah. now, right now I take 72. See, see 70? I'm, a mid, I'm a mid-70s guy. I yeah. Just give me 75 and sunny and I'm good. 80s is too too much, yeah, especially 80s humid. 80s is a little too much, yeah. And on Monday, you're right. On Monday, it got down to the 70s by the time I got home because the rains came through. 
So I thought I could turn the air conditioner off, mm-hmm. open the windows. It was still humid. Yeah. I had to shut the windows again and turn it all yeah. back on. So I think we only hit like the low 80s on Monday, but it was so it was so humid that it just it felt like it was 95. Yes. Happy medium, yes. Manny. That's all I want. I agree. Uh, Byron Buxton. So Derek Falvey joined us up here on the stage on, was it Friday during the course of the show? Okay. Uh, Twins uh, chief baseball officer. And uh, then subsequently on Sunday, Molitor was asked about this before the last home game that they played against Oakland. And the question is very simple. What's the plan with Buxton? Rosters can expand, can expand, from 25 to 40 come Saturday. And it's a very logical conclusion to think, get Byron back here. It's a very logical thing to think, have Byron play as much baseball as possible. Yeah. Minor leagues, which I believe the Rochester season ends on uh, September 4th. Get him back here, winter ball, instructional league. I don't care. He needs to play. He's had a terrible year. He's been hurt between the uh, migraines, the broken toe, the wrist, the wrist problems. Uh, but nobody will commit to what the plan is, which I find to be very odd because I say to myself, he just should come back. and, and Come it, back and play him, yeah. Unless you think he's hurt. Now, I do think the one thing that got set into motion on Friday was that they were going to play him in three consecutive games for the first time since he came back from the wrist injury on August 14th. Here's the good news. He had his third straight multi-hit game on Tuesday. He is now 8-for-13 with four doubles, a triple the past three games, gotten his average at Rochester up to 273, and since being activated two weeks ago now, he's 17-for-44, which is a 386 average, with nine extra base hits. I am not assuring anything as far as success here, but I did find it odd. I found it the only reason I could think of that they wouldn't call him up on Saturday was because that there was concern about can he play consecutive days? How's the wrist? With that question answered, hmm. you got to get him back here. And if he fails, he fails again. But yeah. you, but but this this whole thing goes to my plan, which is Byron Buxton has to hit the ground running in at spring training next March, and you have to see what you have. And by the way, too, the batting stance has to be the stance. So if he's got the leg you kick, he keeps something. the leg kick, right? Yeah. But the only thing that I could think of was the Twins were legitimately concerned about if, if he played three consecutive days and the wrist gave him problems, he'd be shut down. Clearly that's not happening. Get him back here. My biggest concern is that we're at a point now with him that he's just not going to be that good of a player. I, I, I seriously and, no, and I, 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 am, I know it's just I'm, so, I'm so rooting sad to say. for him, Judd. I I know the, the physical tools. You know they're there, but I just don't know if at some point. And again, with baseball, it's different than you know, say basketball or football or something like that. So you have to give a guy enough time to sort of grow. And you know, we've seen a lot of guys who become star players. It takes them a long time to really reach their peak and reach their full potential, but. Man, just between the injuries and not being able to hit consistently, changing the batting stance all the time, I, I just I, I just don't know if it's ever really going to come together for this kid. And that's if that's the case, like that's a really, really, really huge shame because there's talent there, and I just don't know if he has found a way to really put it all together yet. Which, uh, to me... Manny is why the coming months are so important. Yeah, you have to go into spring training. You have to bring him up and see him, and and you have to go and you have to go to Fort Myers with 
a plan that is being executed the second you get there? Like, I don't want any get away from baseball, kid. I don't want any <laughs> we hope you can come back and we'll work. we'll work on a leg kick or no leg kick. I want him to come back here on Saturday, get him at bats, see wh- where he's at. Good or bad, just yeah, see. See where he's at. That um, way you have a better idea of what going into Fort Myers next year, what you need to I want him to play winter to ball. I want him to be shadowed by a coach there from the Twins. I want, I want it's not that he needs supervision because he won't work hard, but I want him to be, it is going to be a good thing to me if we get to August of 2019 and he's tired. Because if he's tired, then it means he's been playing a lot, and and this season. And if he's been playing a lot, that means he's been playing correct. relatively well. Correct. And yeah. this and this season has been nothing short of a complete disaster from a career standpoint. I mean, to go mm-hmm. back to the migraines, and then he fouls the ball, then he goes on that um, that silly rehab stint and plays a game uh, for the miracle, I believe, and fouls the ball off his foot, and that gets broken, and then he comes back. And the excuse being, well, his foot was broken, so his mechanics at the plate couldn't be right. But I say that might be partially true. It's some BS as well, though. He was just lost. He's completely oh, yeah. lost. Well, and the fact that he keeps getting injured, that has not helped his cause. Well, and you know what all. the mandate should be? I would tell him. I would say, Byron, here's the one thing. You are a gold glove center fielder, and your speed is off the charts. I do not want to ever see you initiating contact with the fence again. <laughs> Seriously, there's no need. There's no need for it. Don't touch the fence well, ever no, again. I, I'm not saying you can't go back to the fence, and I'm not. But he, he, God bless him, he perceives himself to be an NFL cornerback yeah. and the fence to be a receiver. He goes, but all receivers out move out and fences don't. Yeah. And and when he crashes into the and and if he never got hurt, then I would say, okay, this is. I don't really. I might not like this a lot, but he doesn't get hurt. But when you are injured as much as him. Do you really want to see him for the sake of saving a double that's not a World Series game or a playoff implication game? Do you really want to see him initiating contact with fences once a week? Because I swear to God, it's about once a week, once every two weeks at the least. Well, my question, too, for him, like, going forward, okay, you know, hopefully, you know, they bring him up in September and we see, you know, he gets plenty of at-bats and we get a good look at him again. But if... If we have these same sort of problems next year, at what point do know. you just well? You I'm just getting say, scared this too. Is, this is this is it. Like we can't we can't invest any more into this kid. You know, being a superstar, that he's just going to be another guy who's a really good defensive player, but is going to hit probably 250 at his peak. Because that's my concern right now. And yeah, I know. Now, and the and the issue that I have is like so many people are now like, oh, we just need him to. He's so good with his glove that we just need him to hit 250. I said 250. Like, yeah. I take 250 right now. But but the thing of it is, Judd, about that. But the thing of it is, Judd, that's not why they drafted him. I know they didn't draft him to be a 250 guy who hits seven home runs and plays great defense for you. Like they. They drafted him number two overall with the idea that he was going to be maybe not quite as good, but he was going okay. to be Mike Trout. What would you take? Right now, right now, with your with your fears intact. Um, for him to, to and not wanting to see him go to the Red Sox, for instance, and take off. What what would you? <laughs> that would so would, happen. With what it. would Manny? What would Manny Hill? What would you take from Buxton and say? It's not what I really wanted or expected, but it's good enough. Two sixty-five. <laughs> See, yeah, 
15 home runs, drive in about 60 or 70, yep. and play great defense. Zero. Zero home runs. I don't care. This leg <laughs> no kick thing runs. of power, I don't need power. <laughs> for, no, I don't need power from him. He can win a gold glove. I would, I would rather see him hit but he's be 275 to... with no home runs. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't I, I could probably live with that. But my, my thing is, because here, here's my thing. I go back to the Guardy years of I used to be, even before I started working in sports radio, I used to watch Twins games and watch, you know, God love him. He played hard, and he was, he was a great guy in the locker room and everything. But I would watch Gardy put Nick Punto in the lineup five, five times a week when he's hitting 205, and it would drive me crazy because even as good as Nick Punto was with the glove, and you could put him anywhere in the infield, he was killing your lineup. And if it's the same and, – and I and, – that drove me nuts, so I have to hold Byron Buxton, especially Byron Buxton, who was drafted number two overall. Yep. I have to hold him to the same standard. And if he's not going to hit for you, you can't play him every day. I'm sorry. You can't. No, I know. Gonna, I, I, I know. I know. Two ten and I know. strike. I'm just trying to figure out how you, you can get him. Play him every get day. Him I don't two, care how good he is. Get him to two seventy. Get rid of the stupid leg kick and hit two home runs. And I don't care. Uh, let's take a break. Scott Layden, Wolves GM, is up next. Mackie and Judd today at Zolgad and Manny Hill. Come experience the state fair live, 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 live with fifteen hundred ESPN. Phil Mackey probably wants a big amount of money and he's a pain in the ass. Judd Zolgad. Is there nothing you can't make awkward, Judd? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, Mackey and Judd is Zolgad and Manny Hill today. Of course, um, Manny very uh, involved with and helps produce the Ride with Royce, which you can hear today on this uh, station and stepping onto the stage right now. Wolves GM Scott Layden. Hi, Scott. If you just want to pop that headset on and turn on that uh, intern, Max, if you can turn him on, we will be set to go. Hello, sir. How are things going? How is the uh, summer months treating you? It's great. Now that I'm out at the State Fair. Yeah. And uh, So thanks for having me on. And, yeah. Um, it's, uh, right now it's, it's the calm before the, we, we, we hit the court, so we're excited. When does the activity really start for, for you guys now? I, I would take it it's pre-training camp that you really start to get going a little bit. Yeah, I, I think the players start coming back into into the market, uh, you know, around uh, right after the holiday. And um, we, we see guys, you know, all, all summer long in and out. But um, we'll start to get together as a group uh, right after the holiday. So much to discuss. Let's get to it. <laughs> Drama, intrigue. Young players tweeting, subtweeting. Uh, let's start with Jimmy Butler. He's a great player, and he seems like a guy who works his butt off. How do you get? How do you get him though to stop? Sort of not so subtly at times, and subtly at times, trolling people and teammates on things like Twitter and Instagram, which probably sounds really weird to guys like us because we're like, huh? But. It, when he's doing that, does, does that concern you, bother you? Do you do you guys talk to him about that? Because he's definitely his own guy. I can tell that. Well, um, let, you know, going back to when when we traded for uh, for Jimmy, we were very fortunate to get him because uh, you know last year we had two All NBA players. Uh, both both he and Cat were uh, uh, earned that honor, and it was it was fantastic. And I I think this is that. Uh, Jimmy is a, a ultra competitive. Cat's ultra competitive. 
Andrews Ultra Competitive. We we're very proud of what these guys did last year. You know, getting in the playoffs organically in that last game against Denver was was amazing. And and our our franchise needed to get into the playoffs. Uh, Fourteen years out was was way too long. And so, tell me about it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I was I, here for all fourteen years. No, I mean, so it's, it, it's, it, it's 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 yes. uh, you know, we needed to get in, and, and uh, you know, I I was proud of our group. I was proud of what what Coach Tibbs did, you know, and with with the three guys together, um, we were we were uh, uh, twenty seven and ten, and so um, it you know it it, it was uh, these guys uh, did a great job. Now, uh, with with the competitive group, you're going to have you know, you're gonna have guys that are that, that that are tough, and it's a long year. And and uh, the the one thing that I, that I'll say is uh, a couple of things. One is we're very fortunate to have the coach we have. He's he's uh, uh, focused on winning. He's focused on getting guys to play. We've seen the improvement uh, uh, year over year with with our young guys. And we know that uh, Jimmy Butler has had tremendous success in a in a Coach Tibbs system, and that's that that's what it's uh, all about. That's not fair, but uh, <laughs> Sweet, Martha's, Sweet Martha's bucket just dropped. Scott, in. Yeah. Scott you're you're thin. Have two. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, thanks. Um, but the um, I I think this is that the competitive nature of the sport, the competitive nature of our guys, uh-huh. I think will prove to. Uh, uh, have success on the floor. Now I know that Cat. We've heard Cat when when he's spoken to the media this off season, and people have asked him about his contract extension and you know when is that going to happen type of thing. And we know that he has said we've heard him say things like, "Well, there needs to be some conversations. We need to talk about some things." You don't have to go into details on what those things need to be or anything, but like, when do you guys sit down with him and have that conversation with him about you know whatever it is that he things he needs to talk about yeah well i i I think this is that um and i love your shirt by the way thank you the uh um the 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 thing with uh i I don't want to get into uh to contract talks because i I don't think that's fair in this form format but the uh the thing that uh, goes on and and i think is not you know broadcast on a daily basis is is this is constant communication you know one of the things that to me it, to me is the most important thing is a communication with with coach Tibbs and his players and he he is uh it, it talks to the players constantly so it's a, it's it's ongoing it's not you know the guy leaves after uh the Houston series he doesn't talk again we were at both of us were out in California and you know we we, we saw a, a, a number of our players out there and uh, so th- it's is a constant stream uh, stream of communication, and that communication is, is the critical part of it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so um, I, I know uh, Coach Tibbs has had had great communication. We saw when we were out in in California, we were, we uh, had a chance to see uh, several of our players because uh, uh, a number of them are out in the in the uh, L.A. area. So we took a trip out there, and we, it was like a four or five day trip. We saw a couple guys work out. We saw. Um, and then uh, had some dinners and what what have you some meals so um, it's it's just you know it's like anything else it's it's the the uh, uh, cycle of of the NBA season where during the season it's it's every day but then in the off season is there there still is a lot of communication in your mind Scott are are Butler and Cat on the same page here 
Because, I mean, there, there's a difference between competitive guys, and yep. th- this sport breeds that, all sports do, yep. and, and actually having, having, especially star players, who see the same thing. Do, do you think that they, they see the same thing? Do you think that they're on, on the same page as far as uh, a relation, relationship goes? I, you know, and I, I think it's a great question, very fair. Um, th- this, is, this is how I, I view it, is that I think they are on, on the same page, and they're both... Um, high character guys they're both hard workers they both uh, uh, put a lot into getting better each year and that's what makes makes great players and you know there's there's 15 all NBA players so we we're fortunate that yeah. we have these two guys and they are about winning and that's you know if, if you're gonna be if you're gonna if you're gonna reach greatness you've got to be about winning and I, I think both of those guys are you guys see enough of uh, our team uh, play to know that they're they're about winning and they understand that in order to win and to get to where we need to be they've got to do it together and they, and they're good teammates so um, I'm, I'm excited for their uh, success together and I, I think they are also I want to ask you about Andrew Wiggins yep. uh, because so much I mean he gets talked about so much just because of the ability that he has and there's there's always been the concern that you know he's is he going to reach that full potential that he that he has? And I want to ask you about sort of the dynamic with him and Jimmy being on the floor at the same time because obviously there's a lot of talent there, but I wonder if the arrival of Jimmy, if that kind of took Andrew by surprise a little bit in that it, it sort of – because Andrew was – the last couple of years, he had been – before you guys traded for Jimmy, he had been the leading scorer and he was getting a lot of shots and everything – and when Jimmy comes in, then there's some sacri- sacrificing that Andrew had to do with giving up some shots. And I wonder if that might have hurt his development a little bit. So how, going into this second season with Jimmy now, how do you get that sort of dynamic to work between those two guys now going forward? At the, uh, uh, in the NBA, it's, it's so hard to find great wing players. Yeah. And we are very fortunate to have you know, two of the best uh, wing players, and I think um, you know when <clears throat> when you make a major trade, there's always the the growing pains of of how it, how it's going to work out. But if you look at again, you know the three these three guys together, uh, 27 and 10 when they're when they're on a, on the floor together, it's uh, it, it, it's impressive. And I think that as we saw the year go on, uh, Andrew, Jimmy, and and Cat learned you know how to how to coexist and then uh, kept getting better. One, one of the things about Andrew is that he, um, he you know, clearly wants to uh, be a great player. He's a, good, he's a great worker. Um, he's, got a, he's a high-character guy. And he was the first guy in the gym after the season this, this, this last year. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we expect uh, that, that he's going to – that great things ahead for him, and, and he's a great worker. Played all 82 games last year, and um, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's. Uh, I, I think in in order for us to win, we've got to have these guys. And I think one of the things we're excited about is to have the core group together uh, for, for another season. year, for, for, sure. for a full season, yeah. another training camp, and then in, in in Coach Tibbs's system, which to me is is critical uh, in in uh, for for the success of this team. How uh, daunting is is this conference too? I mean, this conference wow. now it was it was good. It's clearly probably <laughs> with some LeBron, guy named LeBron, with LeBron up. joining the conference <laughs> better now. 
uh, how how just daunting is it to look at this conference? And I'm not even just talking about the elite teams, Utah, or I'm not, I'm sorry, uh, Houston, Golden State, but like you get to a Utah, your former club, you get to a Lakers. Now you're looking at what eight to ten teams that you probably look at and like these are legitimate playoff teams. So so last year we we win 47 games that we end the drought of getting in the playoffs. We come to the last game of the year, which was an amazing game against Denver. Winner, winner goes on, and uh, we, we were one game out of the home court uh, in, in the playoffs, and we were one game yeah. that we could have we gone home and not made the playoffs. Because so, Portland was the three seed, and they won one more game than the Wolves did. Exactly. And so <laughs> it, it just tells you how not, not only how good the West is and now better, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, how, how close everything is. And so it, it's going to make for an incredible year, exciting, and who knows what, what number it's going to take to get into playoffs. It's, but it's going to be – every night is going to be uh, an incredible uh, matchup, incredible game. How tough is, is your job now – and you, you've d- done this in various forums, Scott, for a long time. How tough is being an executive in the league now in this sense? Um there was a time, I'm sure, where guys were pals and they talked going way back. But now you've got this whole whole culture of, you know, I might want to play for the Wolves, but then my buddy's playing for this team, and then I'm going to talk to that guy. How difficult – it feels like it feels like the price of your game went from dealing with other teams and agents to now dealing with players recruiting their buddies to teams. It just seems like it's taken an intricate step which, if I'm in your job, would, would make it far more difficult because now I also have to potentially convince a player, don't go play for your buddy because we got something good here. Well, I, th- I think, um, you know, uh, whether it's free agency or, or the draft or, or trades, I mean, uh, those are our vehicles to make the team better. Um, and, you know, one of the things is that – and I'm, I'm close to the vest and keep things as private as possible, but – one of the things is that every day we're trying to make the team better. So when we get close to the draft, that's our chance. Okay, we got we got a, this this opportunity to to draft. We feel very good about um, the draft this year, and we we were fortunate, you know, to to get two players that you know can grow in 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 our system and 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 uh, get better in in Coach Tibbs' system. So we're looking at any avenue we can to to improve the team go back two drafts uh that was our opportunity to get it to get it into a, a major trade uh get a jimmy butler and then that's that this this year the the draft came we we opted to to look at at what we had at, at 20 48 and then um see uh that that we had this opportunity to get these two guys so each year presents a different thing free agency presents a different thing and and so um, you know, it was a, a year ago, we get Jeff Teague, yep. um, make the trade for Ricky, get a first-round pick, and then the first-round pick becomes uh, Josh Okogie. And, and so these things all, you know, hopefully add up, make, put the best team we can on the floor. Scott, thanks much. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate the time. Yeah, Scott Layden, a Wolves GM. Let's take a break, come back. The show is Mackie and Judd, uh, Manny Hill in for Phil today. And the TCL Broadcast Studios today are actually at the uh, Minnesota State Fair on the porch here, 1500 ESPN. If you want to come by and find us, if you're coming out to the fair, 
Go Cubs. That's right. Bears and Cubs fan. Um, we are right by the grandstand. Uh, a little chilly out here, but at least unlike yesterday, it's not raining. Uh, just to reset the show today, Mackie and Judd is actually Zolgad and Manny Hill of the Ride with Royce fame. Uh, let's see. Dan Hayes of The Athletic to talk Twins at 11. Tom Curvers, the new assistant GM for the Wild, and, of course, a uh, Bloomington kid, will join us at 11.30. Uh, we'll eventually talk some Vikings as well with Matthew Collar. want to thank Scott Layden, Wolves GM, for uh, stepping up here on the porch to talk with us. Manny Hill, your takeaway from uh, what the Wolves GM had to say about, um, I, guess we tried to, I guess we tried to ask as diplomatically as possible about all the drama of the offseason. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I think they're well aware of, of everything that's been talked about, all the speculation about this team. And, you know, I, I've, I've been saying for forever, like, I think they, you know, conversations need to be had between everybody to get everybody on the same page because I don't think everybody is on the same page. Like, that's that's just my personal opinion. And I don't think that it's it's quite the dumpster fire that, has been portrayed but i do think that there is something there i think there is a little bit of fire to the smoke that's been put out there so um yeah i mean with 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 butler and cat specifically because and we talked about this yesterday judd cat is so vital to everything this team is going to do going forward i mean he is he's going to be 23 years old when the season starts or he'll, he'll be turning 23 in november i think it is um, he he is your best asset, and he's your most important piece. And we know how important Jimmy Butler is. We know what Jimmy brings to the table. He's a fantastic player. He's got leadership qualities. Um, those two guys have to be on the same page. And if they're not, you're gonna you're gonna have so much of this stuff going on, so much of the stuff being talked about during the season, and that's not gonna help anybody involved. It'll be good for us. Yeah. Because it'll no, give yes. us even this is, more this things is good to discuss. For us. Yeah, it, it'll give us more things to talk about. But for them, if they want to get back to the playoffs, because you brought it up with Scott, the Western Conference is no joke. Oh no, it's better now. You got you. You have LeBron James. I mean, yep. You were an eight seed, scratching and clawing on the last night of the regular season to get into the playoffs yep. with the Denver Nuggets. Yep. And so now, you've got all these teams in the West that were good last year that are going to be pretty good again this year. And then now the Lakers are going to be better. And the Lakers are going to be right there. In I was the going to say, the Lakers for, are now making the playoffs. Yes, they are a playoff team because they have the best player on the planet now who has, who has been in the NBA Finals the last eight seasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the, the Western Conference is no joke. So the Wolves cannot afford to go into this season without guys being on the same page and guys ready to go and guys bickering and, and, and you know, not getting along with each other. they got to they get it going. I asked Scott the question, what's the relationship like between Butler and Cat? And if that's if it's competitive, that's fine. Yeah. Superstar players often are competitive. They should be. If they're not, there's something wrong. Um, if there's no respect on one of their part for the other, you've got a problem. Yes, major uh, problem. He obviously was not going to answer the question in full, but that remains... You know, between that question that I asked and the one about Butler sort of tweeting and or Instagramming things, to me it strikes me as a lack of respect for Cat and, by extension, his teammates. That's a problem. So if it just comes down to you have two superstar players who are all NBA talent and they they might have um, 
They might have an acrimonious relationship at times because they're competitive. I'm great with that. Mm-hmm. But if it's Jimmy Butler saying, you don't get it, buddy. You just don't get it, and you never will. And by the way, I'd like to play with Kyrie. you got a problem. And that's what you can't figure out. That's what you can't. Uh, Scott also brought up the fact uh, to one of our questions that I think it was to your question that basically saying don't believe this whole thing that Tibbs is not talking to players. Tibbs talks to players a lot. But I think there's a big difference between keeping in communication with players and actually sitting players down and talking with and them talking about with them. specific and things. Especially, and especially when it, comes back, when it comes back to the biggest conversation point, which is Butler and Cat. Like, you can talk to them all you want. I'm sure Tom talks to Butler constantly. He, Daily, he, probably. He probably yeah. bugs him. He probably calls him up, and Butler's like, you again? Just quit, Tom. It's and, just like a text of, what you doing? Yeah, what's going on with you? How are you today? Did you have coffee this morning? Can I get you coffee if you didn't? But that's one thing. It's another thing to have them in a room and say, gentlemen, we have to hash this. If we're going to ever be successful, and by the way, if both of you are going to want to stay here long term, we got to hash this out. Yeah, and with Jimmy especially, because I think – I mean, I think with Cat, I'm not worried about the extension with Cat. It's going to get done. He's going to sign it, and he's going to be here for the next five years at least. Jimmy Butler, on the other hand, is the ultimate wild card in this because he has put you in a situation now with the contract. He's put you in a situation where you have to think about a lot of things over the course of this season because he's not – you offered him that extension – you know, a couple of months ago that everybody knew he wasn't going to take. So he's going into this season and he's betting on himself, staying healthy and everything so that he can get another max deal. And if you want to keep him around, and obviously you gave up a lot for him, you want to keep him around. You don't want him to just be two years and gone. Yep. But you, you've, you've got to get something figured out. Like if he's not going to be here, February is going to roll around with the trade deadline, and you got to you got to start thinking about. It. And if you're not yeah, if, you're, if you're not in the playoff mix at that point, then you really got to you really got to think about moving him. I agree with you, but I don't know the president of basketball operations who considers himself sort of a surrogate father to Jimmy Butler can do that to him. I know. I don't know. I and and I did okay. Scott Layton's very good about not really telling you too much, but I did find it interesting when you asked about Cat's contract. And he said, you know, we don't talk about ongoing negotiations because here's my point. It's not a negotiation. You put the piece yeah. of paper in front of him. Yeah. He signs it. The offer he's is instantly, there. He's instantly richer than you can imagine being. Like, that's not a that's not a shopping your services and I'm going to submit a figure and then, you know, you're going to come back to me and then we're going to go back and forth. Because I asked that's Johnny. Just a, that's I, a contract. I asked Johnny Kay. He was on Raised by Wolves with us last week. I asked him. I said, it's this this thing with Cat's contract has nothing to do with the money, right? I mean, it's just all about yeah. the talks that, you know, Cat says that they need to have. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Johnny's like, yeah, that's basically what it is. Like, it's just a matter of them sitting down and talking about things and talking about, you know, Cat's role in the offense. and all. I mean, that's that to me is what, it, what this is really all about, is just how everything is going to come together on the basketball court because that's, I think, with Cat. He know Cat knows how important he is to the franchise. Mm-hmm. They know how important he is to the franchise. So you got to sit down. You got to have that conversation. The money, the money is going to be there. Correct. The contract is going to be there. Correct. Intern Max is back, and that means so are prop bets and over unders, and we'll do those next from the State Fair. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder: this station does not endorse this on fifteen hundred ESPN.